Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. Here we go. We are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 99, the great one episode. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we talked last. Uh, we last talked after the Horvat trade came down. The Canucks have won a couple and lost a couple. Beauvillier has looked pretty good playing for the Canucks. I think he's at four goals, two assists in seven games, whereas Bo has, I think, three goals and one assist in seven games with the Islanders. So, yeah, I mean, playing with Pedersen. Yeah, early but... returns look good, and the Islanders yeah. are in a wild card spot, I believe. But Barzell is now out. Yeah. For a week. Yeah. No, I think it's indefinite now. Is what I've heard. Oh really? It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Islanders. I feel like now that they've re-signed Bo, like if they make the playoffs this year. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, but I feel like that trade is more justified. Like the Beauvillier part of it, the team's kind of new from the beginning of the season. If they wanted him, they could have him. There's a lot of talk about the value of wingers right now in the NHL is not super high, which we'll get to in a bit <laughs> with a specific trade. Um, but I think Beauvillier, I, like I said it right when they traded for him. I'm like, I'm not super impressed with his with his career stats. But I think playing for the Canucks will put up more points. And if they put them with Pedersen, they'll put up more. And I really hope that next year they have the hindsight <laughs> to, you know, do something with them that's not necessarily lock them up long term. But I'm happy he's playing well. I think it's great he's playing well. We'll see if it carries over kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. The most important part of that trade is the first round pick. And the Islanders have the option if it is in the top 12 this year to to roll it over to next year when it'll be unprotected, which obviously is very exciting for Canucks fans. So I think, you know, if they miss, I will feel bad for Bo, but it will be very exciting to watch for the Canucks next year to follow how the Islanders do. Yeah, I mean, I'm indifferent. I feel like I've just convinced myself that, like, the number 14 pick in this year's deep draft is probably going to be similar to a five or a fourth overall year so but also too like with Sorokin on that team do you really like I feel like the Islanders if they like next year yes they're old but I feel like he's enough of a bumper they're never gonna be like the lottery pick team Mm -hmm. kind of thing but I don't know anyway I agree with you basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) um on the topic of the wingers too it's nice to see that like um, some players have taken a step forward under Tockett and Besser and Garland are yeah. two of the more noticeable ones, at least on the stat sheet. Yeah. So hopefully that helps either a allow the Canucks to justify holding on to them longer, not doing something stupid like trade for low or buy them out. Um, yeah. And or increases their value enough to make make a deal maybe worth it. I really hope they don't buy out Garland. I yeah, think that'd be really stupid. Yeah. Um, it, it is what it is you signed him to that deal and he's looked a lot better under talk it as you said and 
it just feels like such a waste if they do that trade that trade goes down as the worst trade in Canucks history like for me I I, I really think I know Cam Neely trade is there but just by how much they've handicapped themselves if they buy yeah. out Garland it's it's bad pretty much the only get out of jail free card they can get now is if like OEL has like a career ending injury Which soon I honestly think is gonna happen and I feel awful saying it I don't know if it's gonna be within the next couple years but I don't think he plays out the end of his contract I just yeah. I don't see it um so yeah it, it is it is what it is <laughs> It's an anchor on the team. I heard someone say that they thought that they were dangling Demko as like a sweetener in a Garland or in an OEL trade. And I'm like, there's no way that any team is going to have that cap space for Garland, for Demko and OEL. And there's no, no. way the Canucks would do it. Like no. it's one thing to throw in the Islanders first, which I think would be bad enough, but there's just no way it's not possible on any team. Basically. I think Demko plays a game again this year. No. I think they shut him down. Although, okay. actually, okay, I go back and forth. <laughs> because it sounds like it's not as serious as they originally said. But there are a lot of advantages. <laughs> Namely, like what we saw in one of the trades this year. Um, to having some cap space open on LTIR. Mm-hmm. And I have two two thoughts about it. If the Canucks are serious about trading Demko, they should bring him back. Because he should play some games this year. And if his injury is not that serious, they should let him play some. And I'm not saying that they're going to trade him at the deadline. I don't think they do. There's not enough time. But if you want to showcase him that he's okay and you want to get him some games in, you play him. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise, maybe wait right till the end of the year and give him right. a couple games. But yeah. like, there's no point for him right now to be on this team. Basically, mm-hmm. this defense. Although they did win, as you said, against your Flyers. Yeah, that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, um, though. It was a good game. Um, so the trade deadline is what ten days out. Yeah, we're ten under days. two weeks away now. Yeah, ten something like that. Anyways, so we've already talked about Luke Shen Buzz. It seems like the the talk has moved from can he get a first instead of a second to they're hoping to get a third and if they can't get a third they'll just keep them yep. and resign them yep. which whatever i feel like they're going to be able to get either a late second or an early third yeah like the description that i heard was because in the the tarasenko trade that um Mikola went in they gave up like a fifth to, um the rangers i think to get Mikola, or was it fourth there's a fourth, but it's a conditional that will become a third if they yeah. win a playoff round, I think it is. So basically, so people say that that's like the lowest possible bar because he, he plays the left side, unlike Shen, and he's a worse defenseman than Shen. Mm-hmm. So they should they should be able to get a third. I don't see how they don't. And it sounds like this is one of those, they talk about it every year, they could trade them and then re-sign them in the offseason, but it sounds like this is like one of the more likely thing scenarios where that could happen. Yeah, and I think that would be great. I, mm-hmm. I really like Shannon on the Canucks. I think he's been a really – it's been good for him. It's been good for the team. It's been a really nice fit. And they needed they need that voice, right? It's very clear they need a veteran voice like Shen in this room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's very valuable because of his deal and the position he plays and how well he's played in Vancouver. 
<laughs> so I, I'm really hoping for the trade and sign in the summer. If it's a trade and then he goes somewhere else, I'm also happy for him. But I really hope that they, they're able to get an asset for him just with how, how you know, they need to build their, their farm system. So recently they've been talking about Calgary's interest, but I, do you agree that it's still probably most likely between Toronto, Boston, and Tampa? Yes. I, I think so. I, I feel like Toronto is going to make a bit of a bigger move now that we'll get to the move they've already made, but I feel like now that they've made their move and they have a third centerman, I feel like Kerfoot's going to go on a deal to get them a defense and with his three and a half million going out the window, they can afford someone a little more than Shen, you know? Yeah. And basically again, with after what they did, it has to be money in money out with that team. And yes. so Kerfoot seems like the logical choice, as you said, to move but maybe it's Justin Hall like that's the other option I think for that team if you can get an improvement on him for similar which maybe would point back to Shen because that would allow them to bring in him instead but I agree basically I agree I think it's going to be Kerfoot out and I think they go for a bigger a bigger defenseman like people are saying Jake McCabe that's the rumor I could see it but someone in that price range if not him that would be tough because uh, the rumor from McCabe is like his price is through the roof, like a first and a third or something. Yeah, which is ridiculous. But And they've already shot their shot. So let's yeah. let's get into the the two biggest trades that have happened because there's been some minor trades. Yeah. But um, the first one was Tarasenko. And like what you about said, Tyler Mott? <laughs> yeah, Nikola going from St. Louis to Toronto. For, or not Toronto, sorry, New York Rangers for a first, a conditional fourth and Sammy Blay, and was that it? I think that's it. And as you said, the fourth is essentially a third because yeah. the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, that there was, there was a minor league player in there too, but he sounds like like he's not going to play NHL. And and the Blues retained on Tarasenko to make that happen. So, um, like you say, the value of wingers is down. St. Louis could afford to retain the money. They got a first. It, I think it was a smart move for them for someone that they were going to let Seattle claim in the expansion draft for free like a year and a half ago to, to get a first rounder in a deep draft was probably a really good move for them. I was really surprised, to be honest, with the return for Tarasenko. And I know they retained, and that is, again, why they got that. But he hasn't had a good year. Um, mm -hmm. he, he has a history of being a very, very good goal scorer in this league. But he is a winger. He's one-dimensional, essentially, in his role. And they were able to get a lot from him. Um, so good for them. I also think for the Rangers, it's a very good fit. Um, like Panarin and him are buddies, right? And the rumor is that he tried to get Panarin to sign with St. Louis um, when he was coming over from Russia, and he ultimately chose to sign with Chicago. And after watching, like, the Canucks played... Uh, the Rangers a couple of games in the last couple of weeks here well, since Tarasenko's been there. He looks like a good fit on that team. He looks like a Ranger. I don't know how else to say it. Like he really fits mm -hmm. as someone who would have played with the Rangers. So I think it's good for them, but I ultimately think that the Blues probably win the trade just with the market. Um, yeah, I'd you know, give the Blues the win. Do you, now, do you think that uh, Tarasenko is a rental purely or do you think he resigns? I think he's a rental. I think so too. Um, so then the next St. Louis Blues big move they made was on Friday night or maybe Friday midday. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, 
they shipped off Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Asiari or Ashari, however yeah. you want to say, to the Leafs. Um, Minnesota brokered the deal, took 25% of O'Reilly's contract for a fourth round pick, which is just smart business, which Minnesota surprised me because they're cap strapped, but yep. whatever. Yeah, it's um, just a year, right? So it doesn't really matter for them. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and then the Leafs gave up a first, a second, a third, and a fourth in the deal. The fourth going to Minnesota. I think the second's in like 2024. Yeah. And the first and the third are this year. So the Blues now have three first rounders in this deep draft, which. And they're not fun. done, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, they have Barbashev. If they decide to move one of their defensemen, they mm-hmm. can get more. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive what St. Louis has done. But I'm a big Ryan O'Reilly fan. <laughs> and I, I do really like the move for Toronto. I think they paid a lot for him yeah again they for his playoff experience basically and like the comparison that people are making right is to when they traded for felino and it's a similar style player but ryan o'reilly has the, the pedigree and he's significantly <laughs> career-wise better than better. yeah um so i i do like it for toronto i think they paid a lot but i i like it mm-hmm. and i don't think they're done like we talked about now, and, Toronto, do you feel like I got my Leafs jersey on for this yeah. one because that was a big move? And I know what a O'Reilly fan you are. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you think amongst the moves that they are are going to make, they're going to make at least one more, but do you think they get a depth goaltender? That would be smart. I'll, I'll say yes. Yeah. Given how injury prone both goalies have been. Totally. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be comfortable going to the playoffs knowing you might have to start at Shawgren or Wall. Yeah, yeah, and keep in mind too, right? Like Dubis doesn't have a contract pass this year, yeah. So this is essentially like his shot. I know there's all the Matthews stuff with the, like next year he can resign with the team, and they want to prove to him that they're able to get past the first round, and they're gonna play Tampa like a hundred percent basically. Yeah. So yeah. they have they have to go on essentially this year um it's it's his shot and then it's to prove to matthews that it's worth stick around long term so on a total side note only based on the fact that the lightning have gone to the cup final three years in a row i'm going to say that this is the year that they lose in the first round to toronto i don't know and i only say that because it's toronto and because it's tampa (laughs) and and they've always got vasilevsky which is whoever toronto plays against like or whoever toronto plays tampa will always have the plus and goal uh for defense i'd say still tampa and for forwards like maybe toronto now but i was looking at tampa's lineup the other day and they're still pretty deep Mm -hmm. like it's impressive right so i i don't know but i we'll see if the joke continues for another year, or if they finally do it, but yeah. Um, and then the Rangers got in on a second trade as well, like St. Louis did, and they got your boy Tyler Mott back from Ottawa, second year Probably. of the deadline. They've acquired Tyler Mott. They paid significantly less this year. Well, I mean, I don't know much about Julian Gauthier, so. Yeah. Um, but it was a seventh that becomes a sixth that they make it past the first round, I believe. Yep. And this Gauthier guy, who's I don't know depth depth guy young guy yeah but um i think mott's a good playoff guy to pick up so why not 
and they have familiarity with him as you said he'll join yeah. that team again and I think he played well for the Rangers and I I love Tyler Mott as a fourth liner I think he's a great fourth liner so mm-hmm. give the win to the Rangers there yeah me too low price low yeah. risk yeah. um yeah lots of rumors but I think those are the only trades that have come down yeah it will be interesting to see what happens in the next 10 days yes and yeah I thought oh yeah the wild card race you want to touch on real quick yeah so we've got wild card race in the west and in the east and both are interesting <laughs> so right now I'm gonna leave Edmonton in the in the west out of it because they have 68 points and I feel like they're kind of in the clear but who knows <laughs> um Minnesota right now holds the second wild card position they have 65 points they played 56 games okay Calgary has also played 56 games, has 63 points, so two fewer points. And then the only other team that's relatively in it is Nashville, who's played 54 games, so two fewer games than both of those, and has 58 points. Now, both Calgary and Minnesota don't seem like they want to win hockey games. Like, they'll win one occasionally, and then they lose all these ones that they should win. Calgary definitely needs to fire Sutter. Like, it's very obvious that the team's going to end up playing for him. I've seen the rumors about them firing him and hiring Boudreaux, which would be very interesting as a Canucks fan. Um, but I don't know. Who do you think gets in of those three teams? I mean, like, organizationally, the head honchos in Toronto, I mean, in, in Minnesota and Calgary, really want to make it. Yeah. So it's very interesting that way. Um, yeah, my gut tells me Minnesota should be better, but Calgary should be better too. Yeah. I can see Nashville selling off some pieces. Yeah. I but find Minnesota interesting just because they did take that cap to broker the Toronto deal. I'm like, okay, well, obviously, like, as you say, they have cap problems and it's just till the end of this year. But I mm-hmm. think they're basically saying that they're not going to go and get a rental. Like, this is the team they're going with. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. So if they can figure out their goaltending, they should be good enough to get in I would think mm-hmm. but there's been problems there and I really think if Calgary fires Sutter they should get something of a coach bump and be able to make it in yeah but if they both continue on this path maybe Nashville does just kind of stumble into a spot you never know and part of me feels like Vegas will fall out I, I'm yeah. always looking at Vegas being like, how are they as well as they are with their injuries and no cap space? And Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they fall into a wild card and then like one of the other three teams in the Pacific wins the Pacific because they're all trash. So like, I don't know who it is out of LA, Seattle or Edmonton, but I could easily see that happening. But I don't think they miss only because I have no faith in those other three teams. Yeah. One of them has to make it. Yeah. That's interesting. The more interesting one, I think, is in the East because you have two up and coming teams in Detroit and Buffalo. And they're both right now below the playoff line, but they have the games in hand on the other teams. So Detroit has played 55 games, has 60 points, and Buffalo's played 54 games and also has 60 uh, points. So one fewer game. Florida's in there, also not in the playoffs. 59 games played, 62 points. Washington, I think we all can agree, isn't going to make it. So I'm actually not even going to talk about them. So yeah. then it's just the Islanders, with 59 game played, 
63 points. I don't think they make it because of the Barzell injury and they've played so many games. And then I guess Pittsburgh, 55 games played 63 points, but I think they're kind of okay too. I don't know who makes it up there either. Like, do you think Buffalo comes in and actually does it? I, I, I kind of have more faith in them than Detroit, but I don't know. I feel like I can see Pittsburgh falling out yeah. as well as the Islanders. Um, I almost put a little bit more into Detroit because Huso's been playing a lot better. Yeah. And Buffalo just doesn't have a good goalie. Like, no, they have all Why? They, they like outscore their problems. Yeah. And uh, then, okay, so- this is my other question for you. If both Florida and Calgary miss, who is the bigger disappointment? Given their offseason trade, I guess. Roster top to bottom, I would have to say Calgary. I think so too. Yeah. I think Florida has bigger names, but overall top to bottom, I don't think they're as good of a team. And I think Bobrovsky and Knight aren't as good as Markstrom and Vladar, which is weird. Theory, yeah. But, but this yeah. year Markstrom and Vladar are both actually pretty terrible. So Yeah. No. I agree only because I think that Florida knew in that trade when they gave up the Huberto and Uyghur specifically that they weren't going to be as good next year with getting Kachuk. But in the long run, it would be better because you weren't giving Huberto basically that long-term deal. You're giving it to another player, which I think was smart. Like I Mm -hmm. I think it was smart for them. So I think Calgary only because they went all in and they picked up Kadri. They're like, we're not going to let these guys who left us, you know, make us a weaker team. And yeah, in theory, their team should be good. And I, mm-hmm. I do think 90% of this is coaching. I think if they switch the coach, they'll they'll be a lot better. Obviously, Markstrom is concerning, but I just think like Huberto, there's no way like he has less points than Besser this year. There's no way he does that again, not for a different coach. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's been a it's been an odd year. I think do we both have Calgary winning the Pacific at the beginning yeah. of the year? Yeah. Yeah. What a funny world we live in. Um, (laughs) Well, I think we should do another one, maybe just post trade deadline. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Well, I think uh, you got anything else you want to throw in there? I think that's everything. Okay. Well, this has been episode number 99, the penultimate three-century episode of Hockey Talk on the Rock. That's Laura. I'm Keith. Thanks for listening.